0: Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church this
1: morning. Um, We've got a lot of singing and reading, and we're here to celebrate the birth of our Savior. There's going to be a lot of up and down because worship is not a spectator sport. So if you would, stand with me, and we'll start.
0: service this morning. And uh, before we get started, I want to say this. I want to let our parents know in here, if you don't know already, though a lot of our kids are in here with us, we are providing nursery and uh, toddler care this morning. So uh, if you're wrestling with the little one, you need to uh, put them back there. Feel free to do that. We also have our uh, pre-K classroom open as well. So feel free to use that, okay? Okay. And uh, let me uh, start us off with the word of prayer. Would you pray with me? Father, we praise you for this time that we have here to just praise your name, to, to worship you for all that you are and for all that you have done for us. You are worthy of all honor and all praise, Father. We thank you for these songs that we're singing this morning and, and uh, for the words that are going to be shared and how they're, they're focused on this great gift that you have given by sending us your Son so that in Him we might have life in His name and be made right with you. We thank you. For that gift. We thank you for this time of year when we're reminded of that great gift that you gave, the greatest gift that has ever been given, the gift of salvation through your Son. I thank you for those who are here this morning. I pray right here and right now that uh, we would uh, just be focused upon you, focus upon worshiping you, prepare our hearts right now for worship. And we pray that what takes place here this morning is pleasing to you the worship here we pray that it lifts beyond this building into your throne room and is a sweet fragrance unto you and we pray that that you be glorified here this morning and and that that we're edified by what takes place here and we pray this in the precious name of jesus amen we're going to do something a bit unique this year What I'm going to be doing this morning is I'm going to be sharing with you passages from great Christmas sermons preached by Christians throughout history. And I'm also going to be sharing with you wonderful Christmas... Writings on the incarnation and the birth of Jesus Christ from, from some, some of my heroes in the faith. And we're going to be going as far back as the 4th century and we're also going to be reading passages from great men of faith from recent years. And this morning, you're going to hear sermons and writings from great men of faith like Augustine and Martin Luther, Charles Spurgeon and C.S. Lewis. And I truly hope and pray that you are blessed by what you hear. And I, I, I pray that this is just a wonderful time of worship for us and a wonderful start to Christmas for you. I'm going to begin this morning by reading a passage from a sermon by Charles Spurgeon. He actually preached this on December 23rd, 1855. And this sermon is entitled, God With Us. This sermon was from Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It's on that verse of scripture that reads, They shall call his name Emmanuel, which interpreted is God With Us. Spurgeon says of this verse of scripture, Our text speaks of a name of our Lord Jesus. It is said they shall call his name Emmanuel. In these days we call children by names which have no particular meaning. They are the names perhaps of a father or mother or some respected relative, but there is no special meaning as a general rule in our children's names. It was not so in the olden times. Then names meant something. Scriptural names, as a general rule, contain teaching. And especially, is this the case, in every name ascribed to the Lord Jesus. With Him, names indicate things. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Because He really is all these. His name is called Jesus, but not without a reason. By any other name, Jesus would not be so sweet. Because no other name could fairly describe his great work of saving his people from their sins. When he is said to be called this or that, it means that he really is so. I'm not aware that anywhere in the New Testament our Lord is afterwards called Emmanuel. I do not find His apostles or any of His disciples calling Him by that name literally, but we find them all doing so in effect, for they speak of Him as God manifest in the flesh. And they say, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. They do not use the actual word but they again interpret it and give us free and instructive renderings while they proclaim the sense of the august title and inform us in many ways what is meant by God being with us in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ it is a glorious fact of the highest importance that since Christ was born into the world God is with us He who lay in Bethlehem's manger and was carried in a woman's arms and lived a suffering life and died on a criminal's cross was nevertheless God over all, blessed forever, upholding all things by the word of his power. This, this is worthy of the burst of midnight song. When angels startled the shepherds with their carols, singing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. This was worthy of the foresight of seers and prophets, worthy of a new star in the heavens, worthy of the care which inspiration has manifested to preserve the record. This too was worthy of the martyr's death of apostles and confessors who counted not their lives dear unto them for the sake of the incarnate God. And this, my brothers and sisters, is worthy at this day of your most earnest endeavors to spread the glad tidings. It is worthy of a holy life to illustrate its blessed influences and worthy of a joyful death to prove its consoling power. He who was born at Bethlehem is God and God with us. God, there lies the majesty. God with us, there lies the mercy. God, there is glory. God with us, there is grace. God alone might well strike us with terror, but God with us inspires us with hope and confidence. Take my text as a whole and carry it in your bosoms as a bundle of sweet spices to perfume your hearts with peace and joy. May the Holy Spirit open to you the truth of God to you. I would joyfully say to you in the words of one of our poets, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased with us in flesh to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. A stand, please. from the 4th century. This is the earliest Christmas sermon that we have recorded for us, and it's by a man by the name of John Chrysostom. John is one of my favorites in early Christian history. His name is actually, his last name is actually a nickname that means golden mouth. That was a nickname given to him because he was such a gifted teacher. He was born in 347, and this sermon he preached on the virgin birth at Christmas in 386. He says this, Behold, a new and wondrous mystery... My ears resound to the shepherd's song, piping no soft melody, but chanting full forth a heavenly hymn. The angels sing, the archangels blend their voice in harmony. The cherubim hymn their joyful praise. The seraphim exalt his glory. All join to praise this holy feast, beholding the Godhead here on earth and man in heaven. He who is above now for our redemption dwells here below. And he that was lowly is by divine mercy raised. Bethlehem this day resembles heaven. Hearing from the stars the singing of angelic voices and in the place of the sun enfolds within itself on every side the son of justice. And so the kings have come. And they have seen the heavenly king that has come upon the earth, not bringing with them angels, nor archangels, nor thrones, nor powers, nor principalities, but treading a new and solitary path. He has come forth from a spotless womb. What shall I say? How shall I describe this birth to you? For this wonder fills me with astonishment. The ancient of days has become an infant. He who sits upon the sublime and heavenly throne now lies in a manger. And he who cannot be touched, who is simple without complexity and spiritual, now lies subject to the hands of men. He who has broken the bonds of sinners is now bound by an infant's bands. But he has decreed that disgrace shall become honor shame be clothed with glory and total humiliation the measure of his goodness. Truly wondrous is the whole chronicle of the nativity. For this day the ancient slavery is ended, the devil confounded, the demons take to flight, the power of death is to be broken, paradise is to be unlocked, the curse is to be taken away, sin is to be is to be removed from us error is to be driven from us truth has been brought back god is now on earth he became flesh he did not become god he was and is god wherefore he became flesh so that he whom heaven did not contain a manger would this day receive to him then who out of confusion has wrought a clear path to the Father, we offer all praise now and forever. Amen. Let's stand, please. Reading, I'm going to jump ahead several centuries to read for you a wonderful Christmas sermon by Martin Luther. Luther lived in the 15th and 16th century, and this is taken from a sermon that he preached on the Nativity. Luther says, This Mary wrapped Jesus in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Why not in a cradle? Because they had no cradle, bench, table, board, nor anything except the manger of the oxen. That was the first throne of this king. There in a stable without man or maid lay the creator of all the world. What Mary and Joseph did next, nobody knows. The scholars say they adored. They must have marveled that this child of theirs was the son of God. He was also a real human being. Those who say that Mary was not a real mother are mistaken. He was a true baby with flesh and blood, hands and legs. He slept, cried, and did everything else that a baby does only without sin. This baby was God's son and the savior of the world. Let us then think upon the nativity just as we see it happening. Christ took on our humanity to save for sin. Look upon the Lord in faith and your spirit will be at peace. God invites you to look upon His Christ and take refuge in Him. Trust Him. Trust Him. Here is the child in whom is salvation. To me, there is no greater consolation given to mankind than this, that Christ became a man, a child, only to grow up and overcome the power of sin, death, and hell. He came to save.
1: Stand, please. From heaven above to earth, I come to bear good news to every say and sing Hallelujah Mother, mom.
0: next reading is taken from c.s lewis's book mere christianity this is on the importance of the incarnation he writes the son of god became a man to enable men to become sons of god we do not know anyway i do not know how things would have worked if The human race had never rebelled against God and joined the enemy. But that is just guesswork. You and I are concerned with the way things work now. And the present state of things is this. The natural life in each of us is something self-centered. Something that wants to be petted and admired. To take advantage of other lives. To exploit the whole universe. And especially it wants to be left to itself. To keep well away from anything better or stronger or higher than it. Anything that might make it feel small. It is afraid of the light and air of the spiritual world. Just as people who have been brought up to be dirty are afraid of a bath. And in a sense it is quite right. It knows That if the spiritual life gets a hold of it, all its self-centeredness and self-will are going to be killed. And it is ready to fight tooth and nail to avoid that. But what God did about us was this. The second person in God, the Son, became human himself. Was born into the world as an actual man A real man of a particular height With hair of a particular color Speaking a particular language Weighing so many stone The eternal being who knows everything And who created the whole universe Became not only a man but before that a baby And before that a fetus inside a woman's body If you want to get a hang of it Think of how you would like to become a slug The result of this was that you now had one man who really was what all men were intended to be. One man in whom the created life derived from his mother allowed itself to be completely and perfectly turned into the begotten life. The natural human creature in him was taken up fully into the divine son. What then is the difference which he has made? It is just this. The really tough work, the bit we could not have done for ourselves, has been done for us. We have not got to try to climb up into the spiritual life by our own efforts. The spiritual has already come down into the human race. If we will only lay ourselves open to the one man, the God-man in whom it was fully present, He will do it in us and for us.
1: let stand, please.
0: from augustine augustine lived in the fourth and fifth century and this was a christmas sermon that he preached in the early 400s he says this awake mankind for your sake god has become a man awake you who sleep rise up from the dead and christ will enlighten you i tell you again for your sake god became a man You would have suffered eternal death had he not been born in time. Never would you have been freed from sinful flesh had he not taken on himself flesh. You would have suffered everlasting unhappiness had it not been for this mercy. You would have never had returned to life had he not shared your death. You would have been lost if he had not hastened to your aid. You would have perished had he not come. Let us then joyfully celebrate the coming of our salvation and redemption. Let us celebrate the festive day on which he who is the great and eternal day came from the great and endless day of eternity into our own short day of time. He has become our justice our sanctification, our redemption, so that, as it is written, let him who glories glory in the Lord. Truth, then, has arisen from the earth. Christ, who said, I am the truth, was born of a virgin, and justice looked down from heaven, because believing in this newborn child, man is justified, not by himself, but by God. Truth has arisen from the earth because the word was made flesh and justice looked down from heaven because every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Truth has arisen from the earth, flesh from Mary and justice looked down from heaven for man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven justified by faith let us be at peace with God for justice and peace have embraced one another let us then rejoice in this grace so that our glorying may bear witness to our good conscience by which we glory not in ourselves but in the Lord that is why scripture says he is my glory the one who lifts up my head For what greater grace could God have made than to make His only Son become the Son of Man so that a Son of Man might in turn become the Son of God. At this time, we're going to invite our kiddos up to the front. They're going to lead us, help lead in singing Joy to the World. So kids, y'all come on up and everyone else can, can stand to sing. So much, kids. This next reading is from J.I. Packer, and this is on the importance of the incarnation. He writes this He says, How are we to think of the incarnation? The New Testament does not encourage us to puzzle our heads over the physical and psychological problems that it raises, but to worship God for the love that was shown in it. For it was a great act of condescension and self-humbling. He who had always been God by nature writes Paul did not cling to his privileges as God's equal but stripped himself of every advantage by consenting to be a slave by nature and being born of a man and plainly seen as a human being he humbled himself by living a life of utter obedience to the point of death and the death he died was the death of a common criminal. And all this was for our salvation. The crucial significance of the cradle at Bethlehem lies in its place in the sequence of steps down that led the Son of God to the cross of Calvary. And we do not understand it till we see it in that context. The key text in the New Testament for interpreting the incarnation, God the Son becoming a man is not the bare statement of John one fourteen, where John says the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us but rather the more comprehensive statement of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, where Paul says, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Here is stated not the fact of the incarnation only, but its meaning. The Son of God emptying himself and becoming poor meant the laying aside of glory, a voluntary restraint of power, an acceptance of hardship, isolation, ill treatment, malice, and misunderstanding. Finally, a death that involved such agony, spiritual even more than physical. It meant love to the uttermost for unlovely men who through his poverty might become rich. The Christmas message is that there is hope for a ruined humanity. Hope of pardon. Hope of peace with God. Hope of glory. Because at the Father's will, Jesus Christ became poor and was born in a stable so that 30 years later, He might hang on a cross. It is the most wonderful message that the world has ever heard or will hear. Would you pray with me? Father, we praise you for this time when we, as your people, can think on and learn more about and praise you for the great work that you've done, Father, by sending us your Son. Father, forgive us For how we have lost sight of the fact that this time of year is not just a time when we remember that Christ came, but that he came to save us. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are and the great work that you have accomplished for us. We thank you, Jesus for the hope that we have in you, the hope of pardon, the hope of peace with God, the hope of glory. We praise you, Jesus, for the fact that you, for our sakes, became poor. we born in humility, born in obscurity, and born in poverty for us. You live for us, the life we could never live to fulfill our righteousness in our place. You also died for us you were raised for us so that we through you through your life death burial and resurrection could be forgiven of sin and made right with god and have life in your name and in and through your person and work we praise you for all of these things and we pray all of these things in your precious name the name of jesus amen
2: Silent night, holy night, all is come Holy infant so tender and mild Holy night, shepherds quake at the sight. Glory stream from heaven afar. Savior is born. Before
0: you blow out your candles, I want to remind you once again of the significance of this Christmas season. When you think about Christmas, I just blew mine out. Here we go. That's <laughs> ironic. That's ironic, okay? It's not, uh, not a sign there, okay? But when you think about Christmas, Christ being the light of the world should come to mind for you. He came to bring light and life to this dark and dead world in light and in life, to your dark and dead life. He has called for those who do not know Him to come out of darkness and into His marvelous light. And He has called for us believers to shine His light before men. Jesus said this He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of Life. And he tells us, church, he says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let me encourage you, church. As you leave her today, go out and let your light shine for Christ all the time, but especially during this Christmas time, so that others may see Him in you and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen? Amen. You can blow out your candles. I want to thank all of you all so much for being here with us. The praise team is going to come back up, or they're already here. A lot of them. There they are, and they're going to lead us in a couple of more uh, a couple of uh, uh, more songs as we as we uh, go out today. And uh, you're free to uh, dismiss when they start, or if you want to stay around and sing some of these songs, we're going to stick around. So uh, stick around and and sing these fun songs with us. And I also want to encourage you to uh, uh, not rush off, enjoy time of. Uh, uh, some more time of food and fellowship in the 4 year after service today. We got plenty of more food and uh, so feel free to get some more on your way out. Thank you for being here with us and I hope all of you all have a very merry Christmas. You ready?
1: All right. You can't sit down on these songs guys. We got to stand up. Last time I promise. <laughs> Jingle bell, rock, jingle bell, sing, and jingle bell ring. So, oh, in a glowin' in a bush of fun. Now, the jingle heart has begun. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock, jingle bell, rock, jingle bell shine. Giddy up, jingle horse, pick up your feet, jingle around the clock. Big and a wingle and the jingle it beats, that's the jingle bell rock. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock, jingle bell Jingle bell rock, jingle bells chime and jingle bell time, dancing and prancing and jingle bells square, in the frosty air, what a bright time, it's the right time, rock the night away, jingle bell time, it's a swell time, to go gliding in a one horse sleigh, heavy up jingle horse people. Go around the clock. They a and it's and the Sandam and the jingle and beats That's the jingle bell, that's the jingle bell, that's the jingle bell, bell right? party hop, mistletoe hung where you can see every couple trying to stop, rocking around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit ring, later we'll have some pumpkin pie and we'll do some carrot. The halls with boughs of holly Rocking around the Christmas tree have a happy holiday Everyone's dancing merrily in the new old-fashioned way Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hall Mistletoe mum where you can see every couple of trials. Tree, let the Christmas spirit ring. Later we'll have some pumpkin pie and we'll do some caroling. You will get a sentimental feeling when you hear voices singing. Let's be jolly, Take the halls with boughs of holly, rocking around Christmas tree. Wants to dance in the new old oh, fashioned way.